Hey everyone, and welcome to the Uncorked Corner podcast, where we cover the full spread of food and beverage industry topics. My name is Bianca, PR and marketing professional by day and food and wine connoisseur by night. And my name is Nick, an accountant with a passion for barbecue, beer, and whiskey. Today, we welcome Andy Tubner, COO of Ghost Tequila. In this episode, Andy fills us in on his background in the spirits industry and how he landed in his current role with Ghost. We also talk through how Ghost brings spice to the table, what makes tequila a one-of-a-kind spirit, and Andy's favorite simple cocktail. If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to us. With that said, let's welcome Andy to the show. Hi, everyone. Today, we are welcoming Andy Tudor to the show from Ghost Tequila. Andy, why don't you kick us off by giving us some info on your background? Yeah, certainly. Uh, yeah, my name is uh, Andy Tudor. I'm the Chief Operating Officer for Ghost Tequila. I've been with Ghost going on about a year and a half. Uh, I've been in distilled spirits now. I'm dating myself, but I'm entering, I guess, my fourth decade in distilled spirits of 27 years, uh, ever since I've been out of college. I'm also uh, the third of four, four generations in my family to be in this business and work in this business. So it's something that uh, I've got roots that run really deep. Uh, and I can tell you, there's nothing in the world that I'd rather be doing. Uh, I, uh, my background is, you know, running uh, Ghost, coming here to this company. Uh, it was a great opportunity. Prior to this, I've worked uh, strictly in, um, uh, tequila since 2008, uh, running at Casa de Grones, uh as VP of National Sales, uh, Patron Spirits, uh, running uh, a VP of National Retail Sales, so joining Patron when it was uh, really not much of anything. Uh, even going back further, I started with Seagram right out of school, and uh, that's sort of when Patron was a new uh, product right being launched. Patron wasn't invented until 1989, but Patron was really first in getting 100% agave tequilas going and establishing the category, which is now by far the most popular and fastest growing category in distilled spirits. Awesome. And could you tell us a little bit about the history of Ghost Tequila, how Ghost was founded, sort of what the idea was behind that? Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Um, my partner, uh, Chris Moran, was a bartender in Boston. So uh, he was a, a bartender in a tequila bar that, from what he tells me, they were, they were selling nothing but vodka sodas and had to get people to uh, really to start drinking tequila. You know, that was, he started the company 2015, 2016, and more and more, by and large, people are drinking spicy. So probably two out of every eight margaritas, one out of every four are spicy. A, the spicy margarita is the number one drink on every drink menu, no matter what style of restaurant you can go to. Uh, my fiance and I were just at a, a seafood restaurant, the furthest thing in the world from Mexican restaurant, number one drink, spicy margarita. Uh, so really, with the spicy margarita, every time that you make one, you either have to muddle um, jalapenos, or infused. So you're not going to get a consistent level of spice every time. Uh, so Chris really went back and was like, you know, trying to make his life easier, trying to make bartenders lives easier and making a consistent drink every time. And that's what Ghost Tequila is all about, really making the perfect spicy margarita. We are perfectly spicy. 
and doing that with ease. Uh, that was really the idea behind uh, creating Ghost Tequila and, and what he did. Uh, and really, I think true entrepreneurship finds a need in the marketplace. There's a lot of brands out there. I've seen them come and go, and brands go from nothing to, to sell for billions and billions of dollars. But Ghost really addresses a need in the marketplace that currently is not being met. So I really think that's one of the reasons why we've, we've been able to be so successful, especially over the last couple of years. Because people are understanding, hey, I love a, uh, a spicy drink. And this one makes it perfectly every time, especially now with the advent of at-home cocktailing, which is really coming back uh, in the land of the pandemic. And uh, so obviously with the ghost pepper, it's one of the hotter peppers you got there, really dials it up. I know you mentioned traditionally some spicy margaritas have been made with jalapenos and other peppers. Um, why specifically did you choose ghost peppers for this tequila to be your, I guess, pepper of choice? Well, you know, the ghost pepper, we used it because it works the best. It's a really clean heat. Uh, using the habanero or a jalapeno, you're really going to get a sense of the pepper, right? And, and you know, sort of when you crush that, and the jalapeno can either taste like a green pepper or it can really burn the heck out of you. I mean, it can, it can be a zero or it can be a, these go to 11, you know, and uh, really uh, um, uh, just burn you. So what the ghost pepper does is it gives you a sense of the heat. And what we were able to do is we designed a proprietary extract of the ghost pepper that separated the oil. The oil in a pepper is what gives you the long-lasting burning heat. And we really set the size, just the heat out of that, removing the oil. And I can tell you, I've tried the direct oil and put it on my tongue, and I thought I was going to burn a hole in my head. So it's not something you want to do with a ghost pepper. Uh, on the Scoville scale, as it's referred to, it's, it's, it's very high up there. And just the name ghost pepper can, can scare you. But what we are able to do is work with a chemist from MIT, who was an, um, an early investor in the brand, and come up with our proprietary you know, method for gleaning the, the, uh, the spice, just the heat out of the ghost pepper and when we blend it into the product it really just you know it retains a pleasant happy heat with you where it's not burning it just is warm it's a warm sensation and that's what we say spice is really a sensation it's not a flavor and it sticks with you know and it, it sticks with you after um uh after you drink ghost and that's definitely uh, true when you're drinking it i have some here that i've been sipping on uh, you don't get the spice that you'd expect out of a ghost pepper if you ever had ghost pepper salsas or anything like that for our listeners where it's burning your tongue. You're just it's running around trying to find something to kind of mellow out the heat. It really is that clean, like you're describing, warm feeling in the back of your mouth, the back of your tongue. Yeah, absolutely. And you have a background in spirit. So what is it for our listeners who are not as familiar with tequila and what makes tequila tequila? Can you tell us what is it that does make it different? Is it, um, I know it has to be made in a certain area. So can you tell us a little bit about what makes tequila different? Well, certainly uh, tequila is a, you know, a product which is appellation of origin, right? So all tequila has to be made in Jalisco, Mexico. Very similar to how champagne, the champagne's got to be made in Champagne, France, right? Or else it's sparkling wine. You know, California's got some outstanding sparkling wines, but they're not tequila. 
And to be made tequila, you know, you have to be made in Jalisco. Now there are distilleries all over Jalisco, some, uh, you know, 100 plus uh, uh, different distilleries that make some incredible tequilas. There are some tequilas out now that really, as the industry and especially 100% agave tequilas have developed over the last 20 years that are just some of the best spirits uh, of any category that I've tasted all over the world. And I've been in distilled spirits all over. Um, so, you know, what makes tequila tequila is the fact that it's made from, you know, 100% blue agave or the blue agave. There's two types of tequila. There's mixto, which is 51% agave and then 100% agave tequilas. Um, I, you know, I never say that this is higher quality than another one. It's just, you know, what I always say when people ask me, what is the best tequila? I always like to say the one that's sitting in front of you right then and there. You know, that's the best tequila, really, you could ever have. Um, but there are some, you know, incredible uh, uh, tequilas that, you know, offer different flavors and different levels of mixability. Uh, one of the reasons why tequila is doing so well right now is that anything that you can do with vodka, you can do with tequila. And tequila is going to make it a lot more fun, a lot more tasty a lot more interesting, just the different flavor profiles that you can make with the silver tequila. You know, silver is extremely mixable. Uh, and with ghosts, what we add to that is a sense of spice that you're not getting everywhere else that's consistent. So I think tequila, you, you know, is very much benefiting from the mixability and uh, the mixologists movement that sort of happened over the last 10 plus years. Uh, and the different, you know, fun things that you can do with the cocktails. And that has since, you know, spurred the, the you know, the growth of mezcal and some other agave-based products that are now coming out of Mexico, which are really, truly great products. And, you know, if tequila continues, you know, its growth of which I was just looking at numbers in the U.S. If in liquor stores, you know, because obviously that business is, is growing incredibly right now, is up 30%, tequila is up 60%. And, and much over and above what vodka is. So, you know, eventually, who knows, it could overtake, you know, vodka is the spirit of choice in the country. And obviously margaritas are a top seller at a lot of restaurants. And I think that's what most people think of when they think of tequila drinks. It's a, oh, a margarita. Um, but what are some other drinks that you would recommend people make with the ghost tequila that makes it different? Well, first and foremost, the spicy margarita, absolutely. You know, with all this, this home cocktailing that's going on, the margarita is the number one drink, uh, again, across every sort of class of on-premise, you know, outlet. If, you know, places like in casual dining, places like Chili's, of course, you know, obviously have certainly grown that. But even going home, you know, people want to make margaritas. There's something about making a mar margarita that just really brings to life celebration. Celebration with your friends and in your house and having margaritas, there's something about that. But... Like I said, with vodka, it is extremely mixable. Um, you, you know, I work with some guys that love to make old fashions out of it, you know, which is a really true old school cocktail, uh, you know, that was a whiskey cocktail. But also, you, you know, the Moscow Mule, which is a, a classic vodka cocktail you can make with, uh, uh, with tequila. Um, and the margarita ha has taken so many different forms. Uh, my last visit to Mexico, I had a peanut butter and jelly margarita that had a uh, spirit space, which was extremely interesting. So, so really, it, it, it's, it's anything that you want to do with it. There's not any particular way that 
that consumers or mixologists should make something, really have fun with it. And what tastes great is great for you. When setting up a home bar, for example, what would you recommend our listeners to pick up as some of their staples to really bring the best out of this tequila? Is there a specific uh, margarita mixer or something that you would recommend or anything? Uh, well, there's, there, well? there are great mar margarita mix mixes that are out there. Uh, a lot of them are regional. Uh, a lot of them, I, you know, I prefer uh, locally made um, juices that are available that, that are shipped cold to your, to your local stores. And, you know, in fact, I always love to buy local doing that way. Trace Agaves makes a great margarita mix that we usually demo with. Uh, and they're one of our competitors. They have a tequila, but they have a, they have a great margarita mix that I recommend. Um, but really, you know, honestly, my favorite way to, to, to consume Ghost is with fresh, a lot of freshly squeezed lime, ice, and Ghost. I mean, that really is, the skinny margarita is the way to go, really. And, and there's been a lot uh, that's been shown about tequila that it fits in well with you know, people's uh, diets and the paleo diet. And there, there's, there's other things that, you know, tequila can, it can be really part of a truly healthy lifestyle. And to get back to the actual distilling of the spirit, I know you said it has to be made in Jalisco. So how did you go about finding a partner down there to source your tequila from? And what was that process like tasting? I'm sure you tasted tons to try to figure out which one would be the best. Absolutely. Well, you know, with Ghost, we started with, we need a really quality tequila. You know, if you lose quality in your brand, you're dead forever. I mean, you really have to start with a true 100% great silver agave, 100% agave tequila. And, uh, you know, we went down there and tried tequilas from several different uh, distilleries that are down there. Now, we are made in the town of tequila in Jalisco which is an awesome little cute town and it, it's very safe. And there are a great number of distilleries down there uh, that make some awesome tequilas. Uh, we tried tequilas from, from several different distilleries and settled on Casa Maestri where we make um, those tequila and several, several great tequilas that you've heard of were made there. And when we started, we sat down and we found the mic and we met with the master distiller and really explained our, explained our concept. Now, the great story about Ghost, going back to my partner Chris inventing it, is that he, he invented it in Boston, really using different great 100% agave tequilas and then understanding how to mix in the spice and when to mix in the spice. So he had to go down and explain to what we're doing, because a lot of purists won't necessarily agree with kind of what we're doing with, and the fact that we're still, you know, a tequila, like you're a flavored tequila, you're a gimmick or this and that, your name Ghost, totally not true. You know, we want, so we wanted to find a great 100% agave tequila uh, that met our flavor profile first and foremost. And then uh, we did. We found one at um, Castle Maestri and met with the uh, master distiller. And he sort of, you know, came through with the process that he wanted to use to get to those tequila to where we could, you know, produce it on a larger scale. And how we do that is post-distillation, we add in, we blend in the ghost pepper. Okay, if, um, silver tequilas are unaged, we're a Blanco tequila. Blanco tequilas are unaged. But what we do is post-distillation, we blend in the spice and then we let it sit for three days before bottling. So then it has its way to work its way through the juice 
And, and basically what we come out with is what you have in front of you now, I think, uh, which is goes to Q. Uh, it's a proprietary method that we use. Uh, we can't really get into it. But uh, what I can tell you is what happens is we've created, gives us an opportunity, gave us the opportunity to create a product that is not overwhelmingly spicy. Just the name ghost pepper is really going to scare people. But when you try us, you see that it's very mellow and, uh, and very smooth and the heat, you just sort of kind of retain this warmth uh, with you. We were able to, uh, to find a distillery that could get it where we wanted it to. Now, I'm a big whiskey fan. So one thing when it comes to tequila is my typical go-to sipping on is more like an Anejo that's been aged a little bit longer because I feel like it has some of those similar profiles that I'm used to and I like a lot. Do you ever have plans on coming out with like an aged ghost where you're going to let it sit in a barrel a little bit longer and try to get some of those flavors or is this the Blanco kind of the end all be all with you guys? Well, the answer to that is that yes, and that we already have. Uh, you know, we, we laid down some Añejos and Repos uh, last year and they were to taste just in Chris and I, who's our uh, CEO and founder, we went down recently and tasted it. And I can tell you they're out of this world, really. And people have asked us why, you know, even our master distiller, we can just take a stock in Yeho and sort of add some ghost pepper. That, but that's not what we're going to do. I mean, really, we are doing this, you know, we're made in, in brick ovens. We're doing a very classic old school way of making tequila. And we have some, yes. And, and when we launched them, yes. Uh, it's just a matter of time. But, you know, if you're doing something, do it right. And when we do, we're going to do it right. We're going to have it at the right price that's approachable because we believe that, you know, like those tequilas, $29.99, it needs to be approachable for the everyday consumer. I've sold a lot of tequila brands that are out there. And, oh, my God, we're going to put it out there at $200 just because we think we make it better. And, really, I want something that's approachable and affordable for the everyday consumer. And we, so, so the answer is yes, we're perfecting it. And I would like to see that, you know, on the shelf when it's ready. I'm not going to give you a time frame because we're going to do it when it's great. And right now, so you're out of Boston, and, and I know we're in the area as well. Are you finding that most of your customers are in the Boston area, or are you branching out pretty good outside of New England and beyond? Well, I'm actually not in Boston. I am sitting here talking to you from St. Augustine, Florida, where I live. All right. <laughs> and Boston, well, being our home market, and of course our strongest market, uh, it, it is not even the majority of our business anymore. We are currently now in about 20 states. Uh, next year, we'll be in about at least 35 states. Uh, so, you know, you know, our large, large market, obviously Boston, but next year, Boston will probably be overtaken by either California, Florida, or Texas, uh, because those are the very large tequila markets. So we're in California, Florida, Texas, throughout the Northeast, New York, Eastern Seaboard, um, Louisiana, Tennessee. So, we, you know, we're our success is really driving us the need to expand across the country now. And that's by and large because people are reaching out to us. Distributors are reaching out to us and want the product. But we're not going into a market until we can do it effectively, which means put people into the marketplace, uh, resources so we can educate consumers and really, you know, do the brand justice because that's what needs to happen. 
Um, so yeah, so I mean, is it a Boston thing? Yeah, we're proud to be originally from Boston. Absolutely. Boston is, is one of the most fun towns in the country to go out drinking in. I will tell you that. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's super fun. And the consumers there are very loyal to us. Uh, but we created a great product that's starting there. And it's now happily for us, is you know, spreading across the country. Now, when See, it comes to your consumer base, do you find yourself doing a lot more direct to consumer? Or do you really focus on trying to get into restaurants and bars where people are actually making your cocktails uh, for consumers? Well, that's a great question. And uh, absolutely. So we are a company and a brand that was prior to 2020, which has been a game changer for anyone and everyone. Uh, um, Prior, we were in office, so 80% of our business was in the bars. You know, we were founded by a bartender. We were like born in a bar, not in a boardroom. It's what we like to say. Well, this year happened, and like, oh my God, our whole business model is out the window. So what it really, from a business management perspective, taught me and our team is the art of the pivot, okay? Which was, we switched immediately all of our business in growing our liquor store footprint. So basically off-premise, right? Uh, uh, liquor stores, chains, you know, that kind of thing. And what I can tell you is our business, we are back. We are going to exceed our, our original 2020 forecast. There's not a lot of small companies that can say that. So we're extremely proud. Uh, you know, our biggest problem now is finding enough glass. So literally, Ghost is growing that quick and, and certainly focusing on the stores. Next year, as places open back up and we get back to normal, hopefully we'll get back to that bar focus because that's really our roots. But that bar, really that bar drinking occasion has switched to home, okay? It's cocktailing at home now, which is awesome because you can badge drink at home and badge drinking is something I've learned, like people going to drink a Johnny Walker Blue or this or that, really experiment with great brands. Well, it's a heck of a lot cheaper to do at home. So distilled spirits brands are doing extremely well. I mean, this, this has, has taught me more than ever in the 27 years that I've been in this business of how recession-proof our industry is. And if you play it right and, and you manage your business effectively, like we have done, and focus, you know, really in, in, in getting people to know ghosts and liquor stores, then you can do extremely well. But yeah, I mean, we will get back. Traditionally, brands are built in the on-premise in the liquor stores. But if anybody can tell you anything, 2020 is not a year of norms. And, <laughs> and you've got to figure out a way to, to go to market and, and, and retain your success, which we are extremely proud of everything we've managed. So you've been in the industry for a while and you've obviously had a lot of experiences. Are there any standout experiences that you've had personally that you feel like are the most impactful on you, especially having such a passion for the space? Yeah, absolutely. And I do have a passion for it being that, you know, my, my grandfather started it as the, a uh, distillery workers union foreman in Baltimore, Maryland, right after prohibition. And uh, so there's been a member of my family working in the industry since Prohibition. I, I really think that's kind of cool. And my nephew, who is now the fourth generation, just started it. So 
you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to work for some great companies. I started with the Seagram Spirits and Wine Group, which unfortunately as a company doesn't exist anymore, but we had Crown Royal, Captain Morgan, Absolute, Glenn Levitt, Chevis, some really great brands. Uh, I had the opportunity to live and work overseas internationally uh, with Seagram in the 90s in, um, in Hong Kong and China and Taiwan, and really understanding global consumption patterns of different kinds of distilled spirits in different parts of the world, what people drink and how they drink it and, and how they entertain. And but just, you know, drill home for me is distilled spirits is all about celebration, right? A celebration of life, a celebration with your friends. And being able to do that in different cultures, that's what I love about our product. It really transcends cultures and races and backgrounds and everything. When people celebrate, they celebrate with a drink. And uh, I was able to do that and see that and have that opportunity to really, you know, it, and it kind of transcended several different aspects of my life and having the opportunity, opportunity to do that early in my career. Awesome. Um, so with that said, where can consumers now look for your tequilas in stores? Are there any big chains or any areas that you can expect to find them? Well, you know, depending anywhere you're really in a ton of wine, you know, we're going to be available uh, in Boston and the Northeast, throughout the Northeast, most independent liquor stores are going to carry us, you know, you know, Florida ABC liquors out in California, we're available in Whole Foods and Total Wine and Bevo uh, and Winco Foods. So um, in Texas, uh, we're available in Specs. So really, you know, in the big states across the country, you're going to see us, you're going to see us more and more. Next year, as we open up new markets, we look to go in Illinois and expand our footprint in the Midwest. Uh, but it will have all the top tequila markets covered. I mean, 80%, roughly 70, 75 is, is sold in five states, California, Texas, Florida, Illinois, New York. And we'll have them all covered, you know, which is funny because we started in Boston, right? So we've maxed out in this, or we're not even close to maxing out. In a, in a big city, but it's not one of the top tequila DMAs in the market sizes in the country. So we're going to take our success we've had in Boston, take that across the country. We're really going to be as a brand a force to be reckoned with. And where can our listeners find Ghost Tequila on social media and online? Well, well on social media, so we're available on reservebar.com and we're available in, on Drizzly. Uh, and large major markets. So you can go on there and, and, and find us. Uh, if not, you can go to ghosttequila.com and find us on our store finder. Uh, but that's from, you know, for, for buying. And buying online is going to become more and more important as the years go on. Now, I read an article this morning that it could be 20% of sales in five years. I truly believe that because more and more things are going to be at your fingertips. We partnered in New York and Massachusetts with a, a site called GoPuff. And these guys can get to deliver to your house in about 20 minutes in certain areas near around, especially around college towns. And they reached out to us. So I think that's going to by and large be the future of the industry is I want something and boom, it's there available at home. Uh, distilled spirits are regulated a lot more than just going to your regular convenience store. So, so some things there are going to change, but Look, you know, coming out of uh, the pandemic, more and more restaurants are allowed at-home delivery of, of their cocktails. And I think that's going to be a permanent thing. And then, so, you know, that's a very long-winded answer to, to your question. But, you know, certainly Reserve Bar 
and uh, and Drizzly uh, on top of, of local your local chain stores and independent package stores. And of course, if they don't have it, please go in and ask for it. Uh, it goes tequila. It's easy to remember. Awesome. Well, we had a great time talking to you. Thank you for taking the time. Cheers. Cheers. Take care. To follow us on social at Uncorked Corner and on the blog at uncorkedcorner.com for a taste of more food and beverage content. And if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave a comment, subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Thanks for listening. Thanks.